technical difficulties. I need to connect here. Hmm? I need to connect. Oh, there's two Wi-Fi networks. The one that doesn't have a password works. It's still connecting. Which one is that? One Cosina. One, oops, wrong one. Ovagyana timirandasya, gyananjana salakaya, chasur militam yena, tasmai shi gurave nama, ajanulambita bujo kanakavadato, sankirtanai kapitaro kamalaya takshu, vishwamboro dvijaboro, yugadharma kalo, Bande Jagat Piyakaro Karunabhataro Bande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Ododai Pushpabandho Chitra Sando Tumunu Bande Ham Shri Ramakrishna Abhaya Charano Saho Sukado Paramanando Sundaro Subhavapriya E Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagatpate Gopisha Gopika Kanta Radhakanta Namostate Tapta Kanchan Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pramami Haripe Shishidaji Gopalki Jai Uri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Brinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande, Hari Hari So good morning everyone, welcome. Nice to be with you again. We're going to continue our discussion from the Brahma Vimohan Leela, but we'll proceed it with a brief um, bulletin, if you will. Um, with regard to the passing of Ulal Chandra Prabhu, my godbrother, many of whom you know, a prominent member of our Sangha, who had made the determination to pass uh, from the world. And shortly thereafter, uh, he, he did so in glorious fashion. So tomorrow, we'll be holding a, an observance um, regarding his passing. and. Um, he wanted that, uh, that to feed all the devotees. So he's arranged for a feast here, which we'll prepare. And I'll uh, speak about his character, personal relationship, and related issues tomorrow. Otherwise, as I say, we continue today and then again on Thursday and Friday going forward with our discussion of the Brahma Mohan Leela. <clears throat> We're in the uh, First third or so of the uh, 13th chapter of the 10th canto, Brahmavimohan Lila consists of three chapters, as you know, 12th chapter, 13th chapter, and the 14th chapter. 12 and 13 are Lila narratives surrounding uh, the extraordinary event of Krishna's display of Aishvarya, through which Brahma is enlightened. 
and the 14th chapter consists of Brahma's reflections for the most part on that 30 some prayers and some afterthoughts um, offered by Sukhamuni to Raj Parikshit. So I had thought we'd get through all of this, but it's not gonna happen. Um, but we, we should get through the 12th, 13th chapter and, uh, and perhaps uh, uh, within the context of that, focus on the, one of the prayers of his Brahma's prayers in, in the th 14th chapter that um, is central. So a little bit of what to come. As far as what has transpired thus far, at least in this chapter, we, we find ourselves um, with Sukadev Goswami re responding to the eagerness of Raj Pariksha to continue the narrative of the Bala Leela. This is the, this is the last uh, year of Krishna's Kumar Leela or Balya Leela, childhood Leela, Sesh Kumar. So at this point, as we know, as of the 11th chapter, they have crossed over the community nomadic community of cowherds from Gokul Mahavan to Vrindavan. And um, in Vrindavan, where Govardhan is, which uh, Govardhan by its very name uh, implies that it, it is a great Vardhana provider, if you will, by which the lives of the go, the cows can be expanded and nourished. So it seems like from the scouting that had been done ahead of time, this was a very auspicious place to relocate with the cows. And, and it corresponds with Krishna's last part of his Kumar Leela when he's just now starting very gradually to move in terms of the center of his love from a focus on his parents to a focus on his newfound friends. And all of you have experience of this, if you think back, it's very useful for us to reflect on our own human experience um, when discussing uh, Krishna Leela, which is human-like, and as a result of which, uh, it affords us a great opportunity to bond emotionally with the Absolute in ways that I, I think are not possible in any other uh, spiritual tradition. That is to say, because Krishna's Leela is human-like, he does human-like things that all of us have experience of to one extent or another. And when we hear that, we can really, without thinking, we go there. We identify with that. We bond with that. This is very powerful. We're emotional beings. And that bonding, of course, is, uh, is, is in, in a simple way, it takes us in the, in the direction of what Prem is about. Prem is characterized, among other things, by a sense of Krishna's ours, Krishna's mine. We, we, we're part of the same group. I'm not speaking particularly of Sakuras, where this happens in a particular way, but in general, all the Brajabhasis, they feel Krishna's ours. So, so, um, Coming into his uh, calf herding Leela, he's starting to separate away again from his parents in terms of that being the focus or the center of the orbit around which his love moves. And now it's shifting towards newfound friends. 
expand the occupation uh, of, of caring for the for the calves, which is a precursor to caring for the cows, which will come when he moves from childhood into boyhood, from when he ends his Kumar Leela and enters into his Poganda Leela. That will come later, after the Brahma Vimohana Leela, in the 15th chapter of the 10th canto. <clears throat> there we find the Gopastami and so forth. Big celebration. But we've seen that uh, with his, uh, uh, as he proceeds in this direction and becomes a calf herder, he starts to exhibit powers and abilities that were um, hitherto uh, unknown or unwitnessed. Yes, he did extraordinary things in his childhood in Brudge, uh, but it wasn't apparent that he necessarily did it with regard to the liberation of Putana, Trinavarta, Shakatasura, and so forth. So most of you, some of you are familiar with these events in his childhood that somehow or other in connection with him, extraordinary thing happened to, to persons who had uh, evil intentions uh, and, and focused towards, towards the child. So those events were explained in some way or another, but now in his, as he, as he moves uh, away from the overreach of his parents uh, into the fold of his uh, new and young friends, then, as we've seen, he's begun to exhibit powers to make it apparent that uh, he's quite a heroic uh, personality. This heroism is one of the qualities of Krishna that is um, central to those who uh, see him and realize him as the object of fraternal love. And all of the different uh, sentiments of love, whether it be Shantadasa, Sakya, Vatsalya, particularly with, I should say, Dasya, let's exclude Shanta and Shantarasa, there's no real interest in the qualities of Krishna, the leelas of Krishna, only, the, only the, a, 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 I want to say, a uh, passive adoration of the beatific vision of the absolute, who typically is, is depicted in, in an Aishwarya form in, a form, in a majestic form with four arms and a, with obvious... Uh, Godhood. The four arms means, well, you can do things that two-handed people can't do. Like your mother might say, what, do you think i got four arms? You know, calm down. Can't do everything at once. Well, some people can. <laughs> and they're depicted uh, in, in such ways. So, aside from the Shantaras, you can the Dasiras, and all of these are present in, in the Brajlila, the pastoral Leelas of Krishna. And Krishna appears slightly different in a slightly different way to, that corresponds with each of those sentiments. So different qualities of Krishna, which there he has many, many, many. 64 of them have been highlighted by Rupa Goswami and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and he's given examples of them. Jiva Goswami, I think, in uh, maybe in Priti Sandarbha, has given 84 different qualities of Krishna. So there's more than 64, there's more than 84, there's unlimited qualities, but um, the point I'm making is that different qualities will stand out to different devotees relative to the, the type of love that they have developed for him. So his heroism is an indipana for that uh, type of love, that uh, stimulus for that type of 
for sakibhav, for, for, for fraternal love, and, uh, and, and equality amongst others that Rupa Goswami has highlighted that stand out in the minds of his friends. And, and I'm just, this is a good one to underscore, and it comes here in, in these, these chapters with, as we said, the, as you saw, the prelude to the Brahma Vimohanli involved the liberation of Vatsasur and Bakasur, and now the liberation of Agasur has just passed in the previous chapter, which is within the Brahma Vimohanli in the 12th chapter. Um, so it's a good one to underscore with regard to this uh, broader uh, explanation I'm giving um, how certain qualities will stand out to different devotees relative to the type of love they have, the bhava they have, whether it be parental love or fraternal love or servile love or romantic love. So the heroism of Krishna is displayed regularly um, in his unchaperoned uh, adventures, if you will, beyond the parental overreach, in his adventures with his friends in the forest where unpredictable things can happen, right? You can walk through the forest here. I did that before there were any roads or paths for some time trying to figure out where there was anything flat. We had a string of, we made of 100, 100 feet and we said, it's flat over here. How, how flat is it? Is it usable? And it was just like, if you look out across anywhere and you could see the forest, that's what this was, was like. So it was quite an adventure. I enjoyed it, uh, but all kinds of unexpected things can happen and you look for them. It's, uh, at, at such times. So this, would, this is very uh, relative to uh, young boys sporting, looking for adventure, looking to challenge uh, uh, their, to test their measure of their abilities um, uh, against what, what, nat nat what they're confronted with by nature and so on and so forth. So the heroism of Krishna, hmm, um, is something that they readily uh, experience. For the parental sector, these are tall tales for the most part that must be to some extent exaggerated. And they have other ways of construing how he must be. Uh, he's special, no doubt, but come on. Um, for the gopis, for the, the romantic love, they'll think, this is this is this. This sounds like Prince Charming to me. What these boys are talking about. It's, it's, I can't settle for anyone else. Hmm? But the but the cowherds, the friends, I should say, they they personally witnessed this, and we're seeing this, um, right? So it's very um, enlivening to them, and um, and in the context of this particular section where Agasura is, is liberated, well we find an introduction in this section to part of the main course, really, from a tattva point of view, from a philosophical point of view, that Krishna is the fountainhead of all forms of divinity. The Bhagavatam moves along a tightrope, hmm, balancing, if you will, between Aishvarya and Madhurya. Aishvarya and Madhurya. Aishvarya means majesty, overt displays of godhood. Hmm? If someone was to say they were God, you would expect them to demonstrate it by doing something miraculous, wonderful. Adhoksaja, out of the, out of the ordinary. Madhurya, by contrast, means 
sweet, charming, intimate, human-like. There are other terms by which we could also address these two, and we've used them earlier in our discussion, Sarvagya and Mugda. Sarvagya means omniscience, all-knowing. And Mugda means like bewildered, not knowing, like we are for the most part, like ordinary people are. We don't know. We think Lalchandra Prabhu, if I may go there for a minute, has passed. How unfortunate, but he's in the bigger world. He knows now what we don't know, what we can theorize about. We can even, we can even experience that we're eternal, but we can't say necessarily if that experience is not just an hallucination. It's possible. You can experience that you're eternal. That's not too hard. But then you want to argue with, is it, can, is, anyway, you get the point. But upon passing, then you can know, right? By experience. When Karnamrita, my godbrother, also dear godbrother of mine, recently passed away, Gurnishta told me, he said, he made a sound and he said, he said, Karnamrita, if you're there, Make a sound. Hmm. Sure enough, some knocking came. And he was so shocked. Hmm. Then he did it again. Again, it came. And he, he just remained silent. <laughs> so there's a bigger world, right? The subtle world, if you will, even the world of our own minds, we can understand, is bigger and affords us much, many more possibilities than the physical world, right? I gave the example the other day asking, who was it? Danielle or somebody? If you could carry everything in the room out in one, can you carry, Suki Krishna, can you carry everything in this room out in one effort? That'd be difficult. You might say no, but from you could in your mind, right? You could collect everything in your mind and carry it with you. So it's just an example, a way of speaking about how much more accommodating, supple, and how many more possibilities exist in, 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 in psychic matter as opposed to physical matter. Of course, modern science and philosophy informed by, my, by modern science and interpreting the data in a particular way, uh, as they do, uh, there the default is that, well, there is no subtle matter, really. There are no special laws that govern it and so on and so forth, but that's, that's falling apart. And that, that's, that's the very narrow-minded attempt to reduce everything to the, to the physical, right? So how do we get there? So... Hmm? Kind of. <laughs> no, not exactly. So at any rate, um, uh, um, uh, Krishna's heroism, Krishna, and uh, he, um, well, Aishvarya and Madhurya, yes, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, there's a tight rope that the Bhagavatam is walking between Aishvarya and Madhurya, between um, the all-knowing omniscience of Krishna and his human likeness. Uh, I think we went there and how we can bond with them, the descriptions of his human-like 
nature and so on and so forth. At any rate, here now in the chapter where we've come is what? That Krishna has liberated Aga. Harikshit Maharaj is, is astounded by that as is Sukadev himself. At that point in the Leela, as I said, the beginning of much of what this chapter is about, the, the Aishvarya, the, the, the godliness of Krishna as the source of all divinity is, is coming out. This Aishvarya and this Madhurya, this Madhurya is like a jewel, a gem, and the Aishvarya is like a black cloth to put it on by which it will shine that much more, right? So as I repeatedly said, the Aishvarya is a subset of the Madhurya. Indeed, properly understood, the Madhurya itself of Vrindavan is the greatest Aishvarya. Bhadalibhidi Bhusan himself says in another section of the Bhagavatam, actually in the 14th chapter, he says, on the back of the, every Brajbasi's head is a stamp that says Aishvarya, but none of them know that it's there. They don't realize that what they're involved in the unknowing that they're involved in is the most comprehensive knowing that you could possibly arrive at. Hmm? You might say, well, it's there, they don't know it, they can't, they, they can't read it. Well, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> so it's a very, uh, anyway, a very, very uh, extraordinary chapter and and as it has so much to it that Subhadev was a little perplexed about how to proceed and he tries to kind of end the narrative, but he ends it by saying, as we've heard. And so this happened, the liberation of, of Agasura, he got Sarupya Mukti, which meant that what? That Agasura entered into the body of Krishna but got a form like Narayan. So this is again introducing the what's what this chapter, much of this section is about. Narayan must be inside of Krishna. Krishna is like Narayan in some ways, but Narayan is not like Krishna. Right? So when Sugadev said, then well, and so this happened, here's a story. And one year later, the boys told it as if it had happened that day. And then he wanted to go on, but, but Preacher Marsh said, hold on, what, are you, what? what did you just say? What's that secret all about? What's that mystery? And this took Sugadev's mind to what we're discussing now in the 13th chapter. And he, he went into a trance, he passed out. He had to be revived by Kirtan. Hmm? And then encouraged by the by the inquiring spirit and earnestness, the eagerness and the taste for these narratives on the part of Sugadev, he's going forward. And what he's done to where we are at this moment is he, in this chapter, he has described the picnic, which Brahma Muhan Lila starts out with. Krishna decided to have a picnic, which meant that they would stay out all day long and only come home at, at, at sunset. Instead of coming home early because they were only going out so far, herding the calves. So again, they're pushing forward into the into the Leela further. And he'll he'll move 
eventually from calf herding to cow herding, and then it's forest after forest across the river here, Demonia, back and forth and so forth. Uh, come home at the end of the day, right? So now the picnic has started. We heard a little bit about that picnic and how Krishna displayed Aishwarya out of praying for his, his, his sakas, his friends, hmm? by expanding himself into innumerable boys such that each boy felt that he was sitting in front of him alone. And that each boy felt Krishna loves me the most, and each boy was right. Hmm? This is a very extraordinary Aishwarya. We have a similar example in the way in which Krishna expanded himself with each gopi during the Rasa dance. Each one thought Krishna's dancing with me. Hmm. Sukadev could understand this. Hmm. The boys couldn't understand it, otherwise it wouldn't have been effective probably what he wanted to accomplish. But now Brahma's come in on the scene. He doesn't see that per se, but he sees those eyes that were described in the previous discussion of those boys that were flowering, blossoming like flowers hmm? at, at, the, at the beatific vision of Krishna sitting right in front of them with no distractions, hmm? putting food in his mouth, receiving food from his mouth. And their eyes are blossoming, as the text said, like, like, like a bush. If you, could, if you could just imagine here, and this happens, of course, in Brudge, as I said the other day, there'll be a tree, like a mango tree with a branch. And on the branch, there'll be leaves. On the same branch, there'll be buds, on, uh, flowers. On the same branch, there'll be buds. And on the same branch, there'll be a ripened fruit. Hmm? Or you can look at the blossom and there'll fruit right in front of you. Just like that. So they're, they're you see, we say the Leela is human-like, hmm? but, but here in actual human life, if you want to call it that, I suppose, then hearts melt only metaphorically, right? But there they actually melt hmm? and they reconstruct. That's called sneha. They melt, they come back together again. Hmm? Such as a bhava deha, a body of bhava, a body of ecstasy. Mm -hmm. So the, these are not just metaphoric descriptions, but somehow an, an effort to speak about a land of ecstasy. And Rupa Goswami is in both terms from Indian aesthetics to, to describe it. The movements are anubhavas, like this, relative to the rasa. Uh, and, 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 uh, and, and there are transitory emotions, samcharas, there's a defining emotion, stayibhav, uh, self-defining emotions, un, un, involuntary ecstasies, sattvigabhavs, and so forth. Mm -hmm. As I've said before, and we cited, it's a very beautiful statement of Jiva Goswami, he comments on the Brahma Samhita, where that land is described as full of where the walking is dancing, where the, where the talking is singing. What does he say, Yogamaya? He says, what must be the dancing? If the walking is dancing, what must be the dancing? If the talking is singing, what must be the singing? singing? And he's passing out, making this statement. There are some nice descriptions of Goloka that are very abstract that Jiva Goswami has offered 
through different texts in his Krishna Sandarbha, uh, in his Brahma Samhita commentary and so forth. But at the, big, at the onset of Gopal Champa, which is kind of this masterpiece and final work, a poetic work, uh, he speaks about the, prakat, the Aprakat Leela with a very clearly expressed ambition to attain it. It's very, very compelling. His feeling for that. Get a little bit of it in that commentary. I'm, I'm quoting from Brahma Samhita. And the walking. What must be the, the dancing? What must be the dancing? What must be the singing? The talking, the singing. What must be the singing? Hmm. Passing out at the thought, right? Of such a, such a realm. How can we put it into words? And as I say here, Vyas Roy, he's trying to make this, walk this tightrope between Aishvarya and Madhurya. The Madhurya is such because there is Aishvarya in the background, even while Aishvarya is the subset to the Madhurya. In other words, if he wasn't God, doing ordinary things wouldn't be wonderful. But the fact that he's God and he's acting like this, that is mind-blowing. Hmm? Now, Brahma's Brahma's going to be tuned into a more overt display of Aishvara. And he's coming in on his swan at this time. He's heard the demigods making the claims. What happened? Aga himself, sin personified, has achieved not only Mukti, which is very rare. Manushanam Sahasra Shu very rare. And is it and, and, and what practices one must undergo to attain that? You have to give everything. It's very easy. It doesn't cost anything except every drop of blood you've got, every breath that you have to breathe. You have to perspire for that, weep for that, long for that. Mukshatva. This is central to Gyan, Mukshatva, longing for Mukti. That longing has to be so great that it over, overrides, overshadows, obscures every other form of longing for anything, any thought of a thing, any other possibility. So they get away from all things, go to a cave in the Himalaya. Hmm. Right? There's no internet there. Hmm. Probably is now, <laughs> unfortunately. It's, it's get, so out of sight, out of mind, and then try to bring their mind hmm, under control and focus within and with this, with this longing. And aga, with no practice, which is pious. It's beyond pious. The practice of the jnani is beyond the piety of the realm of karma relative, small, g, good and bad. Hmm? The jnani has realized it's all futile. The small g is as bad as the, as the small b in bad. It's just two sides of the same coin. That's all. Hmm? Happiness here, based on acquisition of things, only leads to distress if you play it out when it's gone or it doesn't turn out to be what it, you thought it would be. Or you just have to stress about hope no one takes it. Right? I hope no one takes it. I've got my Bitcoin and it's in it. Put it somewhere. And 
put a password on it. You have to worry about it all the time. So, so Gyan is, for, forget this stuff. Forget this. Again, the, it's not that the world has problems, it's that the world is the problem. And the world is, of course, a perception, a way of looking at what's out there, what the possibilities are. So the jnani, then, he is beyond piety. And aga was sin personified. The name aga means sin. How could sin himself, this is the contrast that the Bhagavatam is making, how could sin himself get mukti? He wasn't even pious, which is within the realm of karma. What to speak of having achieved jnana, self-realization, become a jiva mukta. How is that possible? Hmm? On the one hand, and well, it seems possible just by the, the touch of Krishna, Krishna entering into his body, entering his body, this happened. Hmm? By bringing Krishna within our heart, within our mind, what are the possibilities, the text is saying. Hmm? Yes. You may rise above sin by fleeing to the Himalayas where there's no, where you can't find any in the cave. Well, you could probably find something, but it's harder. You can't run away from your mind. That's, that's true. But you should create a favorable environment for what you want to do. Difficult, difficult to do. And the Bhagavatam is teaching. Hey, without any of that, even if you're impious, I volunteer. Bring Krishna into my life. I can forget about trying to be the most pious person and gradually then become a jnani. Go from karma and a proper varnashram life to nishkam karma. In other words, Karma, proper life in karma is, I'm going to take with a license. I got a license for taking. Hmm? It says, you can take, just give this much in return, and you will get this in return. Sign a contract. Hmm? This is the karmic realm, right? From there, you can go to nishkam karma, in between karma and gyan. I'm going to do karma. I mean, I'm going to do the, the Vedically ordained duties as it would be in the caste system for that, that pertain to me relative to the extent to which I'm governed by the modes of Rajas, Thomas, or Sattva. And I'm going to do them without any attachment with, because they should be done, whatever the result is. In fact, I'll go even a step further. I'll give the result to Bhagavan. I'll offer the results. Some semblance of some bhakti there. From Nishkam Karma, this type of Nishkam Karma, come to Gyan, the ability to meditate, and so on and so forth. This is, this is, and forget all that. Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastrikoi. Lava Matra, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Siddhi What is the meaning? 
Get good company hmm? with Krishna's devotees. Who, by whom, through whom we can bring Krishna into our life. How did Agasura get Krishna in his mouth? He had to get the boys in there first, right? <laughs> first love of Krishna had to come in his mouth. <laughs> so all these Vishayalambanas, these very forms of love of God in Sakyabhav entered his mouth to play. That was their desire. Hmm? And, and, and then Krishna could come in. Hmm? Bring the sadhu into your life. Krishna comes into your life. And then sin will go away. Hmm? It, will, it will be the comparison. You'll be able to make the comparison. This petty thing, for, as, as Dhruva said, I was looking for pieces of glass. I found a valuable jewel. Just see. Hmm? So easy. This is this is what the text is teaching, hmm? right? This is the, some of the tattva it's giving us to help us, and at the same time, it's giving us impressions about the nature of Braj, what goes on there, how they feel about Krishna, the intimacy there is very attractive. Hmm? So love of God went in his mouth, then then God went in his mouth. It may be hard for people to. People argue, where is God? Okay. But if you want to argue, where is love of God? We can easily show you in the lives of so many sadhus who exhibit externally objective qualities that anyone can observe that seeks, that serves to verify their reporting on their internal subjective experiences. What are those objective observable qualities? That they're Brahmani Upashamashrayam, their humanness has been harnessed. They've harnessed their humanness. This is supernatural. We try it. You need power, some supernatural power to do that. They've harnessed it. So we can show here is love of God. How can it be without God? Still, people will doubt, foolish people, but what can you do? Owls keep their eyes closed in the daytime and think there's no sun. What can we do? So the point the text has been making here, and this is astounding as we think about it, the demigods realize this, they're seeing this, that sin, by the, just by the touch of Krishna, a sinful person can get mukti very, very easily. And not only that now, and this is what's coming onto Brahma's mind as he comes in. The kind of mukti that he got, he got a form like Narayan within Krishna. So Brahma has come in on the scene. Krishna's with his friends having their picnic. And we talked about the intimacy of that, right? How intimate that was. Each boy is, is tasting something. And thinking this is the best, as soon as he tastes it on his tongue, he puts it on his other tongue, Krishna's tongue. Taste this, this is the best. This is pretty good. Hmm. Give that to a friend. This is a little less good. I'll eat that myself. And each boy is doing this and passing around. Everything is good. Hmm. Everything is best. And there's joking, hasiras, in the midst of the, of the, of the eating. 
they're having this is this they've been freed now this, this is what they came to do i mean every day of course they're going to take lunch at nanda's house before leaving out for cow herding and so forth it's a nice affair but it's a little bit tame compare comparatively with nanda baba there but speak of an evening when other elders in the community have been invited and so forth here they're totally unchaperoned they can't act like this at home so they're fully entering into this or expressing i should say for us what is sakyabhav and this of course is the ideal that brahma came in touch with at the dawn of creation so we ended with this, with a text describing this is this is a this is an important text i'm going to read my translation of it to you and you'll discuss it a little bit further before going forward this is what brahma saw he who is otherwise the enjoyer of the gods sacrifices yagyabuk took pleasure instead in childish play balakeli he bore a flute in his belt along with a buffalo horn and a herding staff he held yogurt rice with pieces of fruit between the fingers of his left hand standing in the midst of his friends made them laugh as he joked and played with them so some commotion has been made amongst the gods about whoa krishna liberated the sky what the heck and brahma's coming in on that he's he's seen that Agasura attained Sarupi Mukti. And this is like, what's happening here? Because when he saw Krishna at the dawn of creation, so this is what he saw. Now, what did he think? What is he thinking? Hmm? Brahma's thinking, I know who Krishna is. He is the avatar of Narayan. He came to me at the dawn of creation. Hmm? Uh, he was wearing a dress of a gopa, but he was with a gyan mudra giving blessings. At that time, he gave me some bandha, Abhideya, Prayojan, and mystical teachings that constitute the four essential verses of the Bhagavatam that have deep and far-reaching implications that I have yet to realize. Hmm? At that time, he extended his hand to me in friendship. Hmm? I expressed a desire to love him in friendship, although it's kind of audacious to think like that. I mean, he's God. <laughs> but somehow that, 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 that came out of me as if it had come from him first to, to and, and invited me. But maybe I pulled back a little bit at that time thinking, that's like, how can you do that? God is God. And I, then I received the mantra, got sober, God initiated and so forth. Then he disappeared. Meanwhile, I went to my loka. There I'm worshiping Narayan in the form of the Mahapurusha. And we offer big sacrifices constantly, and then he goes to sleep. Big sacrifice, he eats. So he eats sacrificially through the offering. Hmm? Now, at the same time, he's thinking that at a certain point in my life, uh, I went to the shore of the ocean of milk on the behalf of the gods, and I petitioned Ryan that he would come to the world and incarnate because uh, there, there was a time that that of uh, arguably a necessity hmm, for god's intervention 
in the world. At that time, I got the message that he would come. And, he, and, and I got the message also that now that I think about it, Brahma is saying, corresponded with the promise of Vishnu earlier. The earlier promise was, when I kidnapped through Indra, one of the Braj gopis to be my wife, given the necessity to have a wife at the time of the sacrifice, when Saraswati was not available, rightfully so, these, these Braj people, they complained, earthly people. But Vishnu intervened and said, take it easy, take it easy. I will pacify all you Braj people because at a certain time in the future, I will appear in your family. So this is that Krishna. This is what's happening. This is where I am here now amongst them. But, but now I'm looking at him and this is the same Krishna who's God, but he's not looking like God exactly. He's not like this. He's like food, rice and yogurt in his left hand and uh, eating it with both hands and uh, um, not exactly like a Paka Brahman would do. Hmm? Like this. So he's a little, he's a little confused. And, and this is Brahma, as we heard earlier in our discussions, he is the presiding deity of Vigyan Shakti. He presides over buddhi, over knowing. He's got four heads, right? If you were to personify buddhi, then maybe you give him four heads. This buddhi is very important because by buddhi, through, through buddhi in conjunction with revelation, we can unravel ahankar. Without buddhi, we cannot even understand that the source of our anxiety is our ahankar. Ahankar is that world not. That which ties us to thinking that we're that that the, what the modes are doing is us, our body being constructed of the uh, constituted of the modes of nature and our psyche and so forth. It's a, this is this is this is a hridayagranta. This is a this is a this is this is tighter than the Gordian knot. How can you untie the Gordian knot? You know what the Gordian knot is, right? There, there was the knot that. It was said, uh, among, I guess, amongst the Greeks, that the Gordian knot was tied, and it was a prophecy. Whoever could cut the, excuse me, whoever could untie the Gordian knot would conquer the land ahead, which was India. Hmm. And so many big Greek powerful soldiers came. They tried to untie that knot. They could not. Hmm. And then the young boy, Alexander, hmm. he said, "I can cut it, or I can break it. I can untie it." He said, <laughs> giving it away. I can. They said, oh, let us see. He came up, pulled out his sword and cut it. Thereby I've untied it. Nope, they went, oh. <laughs> and he became a great conqueror, Alexander the Great, the conqueror of India. Hmm. This kind of common sense is hard to come by. He said Columbus, it was said, whoever can stand an egg on its end, that person will be able to sail across the ocean, which is flat. In other words, you can't stand an egg on its end, right? It will roll. Columbus said, I can do it. He took the egg and went, made a little dent in it, stood it up on its end. And everybody said, ah, oh, well. and he crossed the ocean. Of course, what he did here is another thing, but. <laughs> but so, <laughs> so some common sense. Hmm? Bhakti is full of common sense, hmm? common sense. Bring Krishna into your life. Instead of walking, living naked in the Himalayas or something, sleeping on a bed of nails. Hmm? Oh, make a flower bed. 
for Krishna. That's what his college friends will do in the course. If they make a flower bed for Krishna, and Krishna will say, you here, rest with me. You be my pillow. Or hey, I will be your pillow. This this, this is not user-friendly, attractive, charming path. Where the means is the ends. See how they correspond, the means and the ends, properly understood. There will be no difficulty in sadhana. Properly understood. And properly understood means we have to tie it to the goal, the sadhya, the sadhana and the sadhya, the way and the means. Right? So there they are, Krishna's friends, in such intimacy, and Brahma seeing this, and he, he's not sure. Is this an imposter, maybe? I know that Krishna is God, but this is an imposter, or, or is something going on here that, I mean, after all, Agasur went into the body of Krishna and got a form like Narayan. Now that looks backwards to me. This is, this is again, the deity presiding over Bodhi, thinking things over. He thought this out really, really well. Hmm? This is not some lightheaded you know, thing that just some sentiment just to adopt by stupid people, uneducated people. That's the point the Bhagavatam is making. If you understand what is booty, without booty, you cannot unravel the, you can't even understand the problem that you have, you're having. With booty, the proper discrimination, you can understand the problem. And then when booty is fortified by revelation and spiritual association, spiritualized, what does Krishna say? Hmm? I give booty, by which they can come to me. There's different ways in which we can interpret their booty. Could be interpreted as mean bhakti, or it can also be interpreted as Baladi Bhujabhushan has in his commentary, as pure spiritually fortified intelligence. Hmm? So this is what, what Brahma is a devotee. So he's 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 his, his, he's having an opportunity here now to get his his four heads, his big intellect, fortified by spiritual influence through sadhusanga and the situation in which Krishna has brought him. He's going to learn about more about the friendship that he's been uh, in, invited into, if you will. What does the object of love in Sakyabhav look like? This is what he looks like, not like this. Like this, dancing, playing intimately. What, do the, what does the love look like? Not like Brahma. Brahma could not imagine himself conducting himself like these boys. Hmm? But that's the task. You have to change. Hmm? Spiritual life is not about staying the same. It's about changing. And it's radical what you have to change. At least you have to be able to change like this and be able to bow down. If you want to have all type of ecstasies and a body of ecstasy, at least you have to be able to bend over, be a little humble in the face of that prospect. Goodness. Brahma, seeing the task, this sadhana is... is, is is uh, whoa, it's asking a lot. Hmm? He wasn't sure about the nature of the result. He, he's just becoming acquainted with this firsthand. He's seeing the objects of love 
the object of love, Prabhupada Paul Krishna, he's seeing the coward boys with the personification of that love and their interactions, their ecstasies and so forth. He's like, where am I? I'm off the map. I'm the architect of the whole world. This place is not on, it's not on the chart here. This is, this is, this is exported from, from Golok appearing on earth. It's beyond my creation. This is Bhagavat. The, the Vyas, the trance of Vyas. This is another creation. And the text says itself, and one, one sloka from that, one word from that can change the course of your life. This, this slogan used to echo in my head when I was a young man and I was distributing Prabhupada's books. Just one sloka, if they read, their life would be changed. And I thought, I'm tired, but what? so what? If they just touch the book, Prabhupada would say. <laughs> they, 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 what could, and I'm uh, tired, but in ecstasy. Hmm? And think, they could just, if I move a little bit more, stay a little bit longer, that many more people can come. I can't even express what this is, what this, how this, what this is, how wonderful. And how they can have a start. Some compassion should come. First compassion, then, then rasa, right? Compassion is the high end of love in this world. And rasa picks up beyond that. There's nobody to have compassion for. Nobody's suffering, let's say, in the spiritual world there. There's a kind of compassion for Krishna that's experienced in parental love. That's a different thing. Mm -hmm. So Brahma's seeing this, and this is what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the residing deity of Bodhi, and this is like beyond my, my intellect here. I'm in a land where that is Gyan Shunya, Bhakti with unencumbered by knowledge. Mm -hmm. He's just becoming acquainted. He's not sure. What's happening? So what does he do? Well, he thinks now that he is going to test Krishna, but he doesn't know. He, he's going to exhibit his own power in this situation to test. Now we should test the guru, right? <laughs> you should test the guru, <laughs> but be careful. So he, he wanted to test, is this my guru? But what he didn't know, he wanted to exhibit his own power. He didn't know he was already under the power of Krishna, whose Aishbar Shakti, hmm, presiding over his Sarvagya, his all-knowing, had brought Brahma there in the first place. Hmm. Because while he's in the midst of his Leela, in Mugda, hmm, bewildered and, and human-like, not knowing that he's God, so that he can interact so intimately with his friends and so forth, Brahma's meanwhile is Sadaka, who's offering prayers. So the omniscience within Krishna is in the background, but he hears the prayers. So the omniscience is calling him to the scene. He's bringing, he doesn't know he's been brought there for a purpose. Now, Krishna, now what's happening, now Krishna's going to start to move from his Madhurya, from his Mugda to his Sarvagya. His potencies are all at his disposal, his Icha Shakti. His will is prominent, and all these other shakti, gyan shakti, this shakti, that, they're all surrounding, waiting for the opportunity to have a role to play in his leela. Hmm? It's very beautiful. So 
while the boys have settled here to take their lunch, of course, they had to graze the calves nearby. And there was a beautiful meadow full of grass and they felt, let the cows drink, which they let them drink first and then only afterwards they drank. Then they'll be full and then there'll be grass to eat. And this is a very so nice meadow full of grasses so that should contain them. But the boys got lost in their picnic, in their lunch. It lasted for a million yugas. When you're having fun, time flies. <laughs> right? They didn't know they're beyond time, how long it was. And the calves ate up the meadow and wandered off. Now, this is really the arrangement of Leela Shakti, who's come, one of Krishna Shakti's coming in, Leela Shakti here, in order to facilitate the other ambition of Krishna and his omniscience to bring Brahma in and educate him, right? So as Leela Shakti removes the calves, but Brahma is allowed to think that he has moved the calves by his power. Those calves could never come under the power of, of Brahma. It pales in comparison. After all, you have to understand, what does Brahma Samhita say about Brahma? This is the Samhita that he himself is singing, and he speaks about himself in there with regard, and all the other devas as well, with regard to himself, who's the creator. After all, Bhuti is a hunkar mixed with rajas. This causes creative power, uh, decision-making, in, insightful thinking, and so forth, right? So in order to do his work of creation, which is relative um, and material, I mean, it's extraordinary. We can't even explain it, and the Bhagavatam doesn't either. <laughs> and modern science can't either. Well, they have different poking around in the dark. Everybody's trying to figure out what's out there and who's asking the question. <laughs> wow, that's it. That's what life's about. What's out there? Who's asking? What am I? What, what's... So this is the material world. In order to do the extraordinary work that Brahma does, this, in the Samhita, he says, I get this power from, from God, from Govinda. Of course, he's, he's more enlightened at that point, but from God is the, is the idea. The power to create, he is described there like a, like a jewel. Hmm? Forgive me, I forget the verse now. Like a jewel that's reflecting the light and the power of, of the Godhead to do the work of creation. So all these devas, these principal devas, they're partial manifestations of divinity, divine train, a partial influences of the, of the Godhead for the sake of this uh, shadow, if you will, of material existence in relation to the light of the Paravyom, the spiritual sky and all its possibilities. So what is Brahma's power then? This place, Braj, is not even on his map. He doesn't realize that, but he's, he's starting to wonder. He exercises his power, he thinks he does, over the calves. He has no power over those calves. They love Krishna. They're, they're manifestations of his own Swarup Shakti. Hmm? Maya cannot have power over the Swarup Shakti. Hmm? But Brahma's allowed to think 
that he has moved the calves. But the boys now, in the context of the legal, they notice that the calves have been, have, are gone. Now, this is a huge problem. First of all, for a cow herder, who's now a, a calf herder, just become a calf herder. And the cows got, calves got lost? I mean, what, you're gonna go home? You can't go home. Well, how could, what would you say? That's the one thing. There's some fear. What will happen if I go home without the calves? But, but more than that, fear for the calves. Where are they? We're their protectors. They're out of our sight. What's be, what, what? Here we out here. We came here to herd calves. And here they've, 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 they've wandered. We don't know where they are. So this is interrupting the picnic now. Mm -hmm which is so, so joyful and giving so much pleasure to Krishna. So Krishna stands up and says, don't worry. Fear itself is afraid of me. Do not stop eating. Do not stop joking. I will bring the calves back in just one minute. Don't you worry. And off he goes and says, I'll take that with me. I want to stay part of the picnic. Give me something to take with me also. I'll eat along the way. And don't you worry. This is how we, the Bhagavatam describes it, right? So he pacifies the boys who are, who are fearless in his association with his assurances. Right? At his lotus feet, they have no fear. There's Vishrambha. There's no, there, there's no um, apprehension that they have for this course, apprehension for getting close to him that Brahma had a little bit of. He hasn't come that far yet. But at his feet, and at his lotus feet, there's nothing to fear. He gives them full confidence. And he goes to look for the calves. And he's in wondering in his mugda, where are the calves? And he's looking here, and he's looking there. And in the course of his wandering, he doesn't find them. He finds himself back on the bank of the Jamuna. And there are all the boys, gone now as well. So now Krishna's Aishvarya Shakti comes on full force, and he knows everything. Oh, yes, that you brought Brahma here for that. And Brahma thought, and so my Lila Shakti has, has exhibited this power to delude him. Now, he did this, and he, and he went away, right? course, the idea is that his time is one minute of Brahma is like a year on earth is the idea, right? So he went away for a minute. What would happen? And he, and he, and he thought about, did I do the right thing? I'm going to go back and check that out. Before he got the Brahma Loki, he came right back. Meanwhile, a year had passed, right? So this is the idea. He looks in and of course, what does he see? We'll have to come to that in our next discussion. He sees the boys are all there. Krishna's all there. The calves are all there. What happened? How, what, what's going on? Hmm. Well, Krishna is going to now then uh, come full force with his Aishwarya. His Aishwarya Shakti has found a, a way to enter in, reveal to Krishna what's taking place. Now, what, of course, Krishna is, is, is going to take the boys and the calves and keep them in a particular prakash, a particular section of the Leela where no one else can see them. And they're just going to go on like that for a year, like nothing ever happened. 
and they're waiting for Krishna to return, then it's taking a year or a year, depends how you want to look at it, yugas. But it seems like just a minute. When Krishna returns, oh, he's back with the chaos. Meanwhile, this whole drama is playing out outside of that Prakash, that drama we have to get to, where Krishna manifests himself as the calves and coward boys, tenders to Vatsalya Bhakti. This whole narrative begins with this conflict between Vatsalya and, and Sakya. Now it's going to come full circle. Krishna is going to tender to the Vatsalya Bhaktas. And sadhakas who have that ideal also, like in Balabhasampradaya. We'll go into that. Grantarashimad Bhagavat Any questions? Yes. Um, last week you were talking about the vicarious experience of Manjaris, also the vicarious experience of the Sakas peace and pure tongue of Krishna. Um, and I thought of the Bhagavad Gita verse that says, the greatest yogi is one who feels the pleasure, pleasure and pain of another as their own. Um, would you speak more of Karuna Rasa? And so... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You're trying, but... <laughs> You're not me. So, <laughs> for Mara, so first of all, the, mon- the vicarious experience of the gopis, the manjaris, of Radha and Krishna's love is not comparable to the cowherd boys experiencing as if they have two tongues because they identify with Krishna as themselves. You want to talk about tadanamodan bhava? This is a type of madhurya rasa. It's not a type of sakya rasa. It's a type of madhurya rasa that can play a role in Sakirasa, a particle of it, a particle of Madhurya can come into, 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 into Sakirasa and give them this sympathetic, empathetic kind of love for supportive, let's say, feelings for the romance of Radha and Krishna and a willingness or a desire to be to participate in that. And through that, vicariously experience some aspects of their romanticism. Now, they're not going to experience it fully. It's not a homoerotic type of love. Neither, um, and they're in Sakirasa, not in Madhurya Rasa. So it's going to be partial, whereas in the Manjaris, that Anamodhan is full. That's their whole Baba. That's the type of Madhurya Rasa they have. That's one thing. And then you were saying something else after that. Yogis, Karuna-rasa. Yeah, yogis aren't having Karuna Rasa. Yogis aren't having any Rasa. At best, yogis are going to have Shanta Rasa. If they properly, if they mix Bhakti with their, if Bhakti becomes prominent in their yoga sadhana, that's possible they can attain Shanta Rasa. Now, what's your question? <laughs> Well, yes, I, I guess I meant uh, just Karuna. Worldly Karuna Rasa. Worldly compa- compassion is another thing. Okay, compassion, as I said, you have to pass through compassion if you want to get Rasa. Rasa is otherworldly. Compassion is the love of this world. 
So in the Gita, Krishna says, the perfect yogi is one who feels the suffering of others as if it's, if it's his own, right? Hmm. What he's saying there is that, that a, a perfect yogi in this world will have compassion for others. Hmm. This will also appear in devotees who are perfect yogis in the bhakti context. They'll have more than that, but they'll have that as well. Therefore, Lokanamhitakaranotibhubhunemanya Sharanyaparo. He said the motivating factor behind the movement of the Goswamis with regard to all the work they did to write their books was compassion for the people of the world. What, is, what does Sutta Goswami say about Sukadev? Kurnaya Puranaguyam. Out of compassion, he said, Sukadev spoke this this Bhagavatam. So there's more than that, but that, that's there as well. It means he had nothing to gain by it. He wasn't doing it professionally to make a living. He had no clothes and he didn't need them. This is Sukadev, right? Out of compassion, out of fullness, he's overflowing. And so that's not Karunarasa. That's a good thing. So. So I was thinking how from kind of the the low end of spiritual experience to the height, we see this vicarious experience. So I guess just in kind of like a a general way of wondering, kind of if you had any thoughts on the importance of vicarious. Well, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't. uh... I mean, you know, Anumodana is also a term used by the Buddhists. At least that's in the Tibetan sect. It's, uh, it speaks of sympathy or empathy for the world, people. It's prominent. I don't know what more I can say about it. I think I've you know, made it pretty clear um, that. Um, If you want to call it sympathetic love, empathetic love is what you want to say. Empathetic love uh, we find in the low end to the high end of spiritual life. How's that? But it requires a little bit of explanation to figure out what what the difference between the low end of empathetic love and high end of empathetic love is because they look very different. So the worldly compassion of a yogi or a devotee for people who are suffering in the world hmm, looks a lot different than the manjaris looking through the lattice at Radha and Krishna's uh, love exploits and based on their sympathy for that and their identification with serving Radha, the love bites of which Krishna presses on the neck of Radha will appear on their own. And that doesn't look like <laughs> a yogi. <laughs> And it's so that there, there's quite a difference between the two. Another question? You have a question? You don't have to. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Um, 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 Mukti, y él llega a desarrollar en algún momento premio. ¿Agasura? 
Did he get Prem? gets to develop Prem at some point by receiving Skarub Mukti. Not necessarily, no. In Vaikuntha, there is Sarupya Mukti. So having a form like Narayan. Una forma, parasito de Narayan. Unos personas en este mundo quieren este tipo de mukti, ¿entiendes? O otro tipo, por ejemplo, vivir en lo mismo planeta de Bhagwan. Otro tipo de mukti, ¿entiendes? Ellos quieren these types, estos tipos de mukti. Son interesting? Interesantes. Interesante. I say, wonderful. Maravilloso. De otro, otro, otro mundo. Pero otras personas, devotos, quieren Prem. Prem, por ejemplo, de Narayan. Fornarayan o de Narayan. Es diferente. Ellos no quieren these, these like types of mukti, tipos, tipos de mukti. They get them, they get them, but that's not what they're pursuing. They're pursuing prem. Quieren solo prem. También con prem vienen los sarupia o salokia, but quieren solo prem. Un tipo de prem, pero prem con Aishwarya, majestic praying, agape, agape, Om Narayana. So this is one type of praying para Vaikuntha, pero the praying, prayojan de los Godias is otro tipo de praying. The full face? Pleno rostro. Pleno? Rostro. Rostro de praying. Sakya praying. Madhuri Prem, Vatsali Prem, diferentes tipos de Dasya Prem también en Goloka. En Goloka, they have Dasya Prem also, but they're not going bowing down to Krishna. They're servants in the family of Krishna and so forth, servant boys. So, diferentes tipos de Prem en Goloka es la Prayujan. So, Agasura, Sarupi Mukti, un tipo de Mukti. Es bien, pero nosotros no queremos, porque nosotros tenemos otra asociación. What else? Yes. Hello, I was trying to explain the things that it's only clear for us to end up in where Agasura would have ended up, knowing what we know. I mean, he didn't know about being able to reach Krishna's plan, for instance, he didn't know about this Saibas. So he would go somewhere, terrifying, move around. But for us, is there any fear of us falling there now that we do have. Falling where? How would you go there if this what, what, what the sadhana you practice will determine where you go? Are you, are you desiring to have Sarupi Mukti? No, but if I make offenses, 
if you make offenses, it will impede your attaining the goal that you're trying to achieve. Hmm? But, it, but it, it won't turn into sarupi mukti. You don't have to worry about that. Did you make an offense? See, no problem then. <laughs> offenses anyone can make, but they, it is through the earnest, earnestness in one's sadhana, they can be overcome very easily. Offenses are basically intention-based. No intention, difficult to make offense. You can offend with your words, you can offend with your body, you can offend with your mind. And you can resolve offenses of body, I should say, body, words, or did I say that? Body, words, or mind. So if you make an offense with your mind, you can correct the offense with your mind. If you make your offense with a tongue, speech, then you can correct it with speech. If you make it with your body, then you can correct it. For example, you, you can become the disciple of that person. Of course, if you're already somebody else's disciple, it might be hard, but, but you can serve that person physically. But bhakti uh, is... Um, very generous of course we don't take advantage of that but don't become neurotic about it being being an offender or something like that that won't help that's why i said you have to have a the other day you have to have a strong balanced psychological ego that will help you that's not spiritual but that will help you anyway be sattvic balanced you're in a better position to to proceed with humility without succumbing to lack of self-esteem. Humility will, will foster your practice. Lack of self-esteem won't. They're not the same thing. Lack of self-esteem will, will, will the psychological condition that will, will may get in the way of your practice. Actual humility is you feel like. Krishna is wonderful. What can I say? Um, uh, all of my progress is coming through his grace and grace of Guru and the Vaishnavas. And I, I don't feel it's my own effort that I'm doing this. So you're just enthusiastic to have more association. So don't misconstrue the same thing, the two things. Intendus. Intendus mucho. All right, anything else? Nice to see you, Greg, after all these years. Yes, Very nice for you to come on the rug. Nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. This is your partner, Jose. How was Espanol? Uh, Portuguese. Portuguese. Oh, oh, nice. Very nice. Okay. And Suki Krishna Das. Right. From, from Britain? Yeah. Great Britain. Welcome. All right, we'll stop there. Kandara Shimad Bhagavad Kijai, Shishiraju Gopal Kijai, Gaur Bhakta Brinda Kijai, Gaur Premanandi.